Can I offer you a cup of coffee before we start? Uh, I thought we were starting already, but I could really use a piece of cake. I could use some rum. Really? Rum? Or both. Mmm. Rum and cake. Who do I know that does that? Oh, well, we have Sarah Claro here from The Office Cake. I think it's Sarah Claro. Claro. Oh, <laughs> damn it. Sarah's here with us today from The Office Cake. Hey, guys. And uh, I think that we're going to have a little fun today, but I think Ernie has one thing he needs to say. What would that be? The intro, honey. <laughs> this is Table Turn by Journey Love, exploring the food industry from both sides of the counter. We're so professional right now. And, and the, the back, back door. door. The back door. We are your hosts, Gina and Ernie, and we have special guest, Sarah Claro. Thank you. Claro from, que from si. the office space. <laughs> From the office cake today, and today I think, uh, well, I keep thinking a lot today. We're going to explore work-life balance and what that means in the food industry. So, Sarah, can you tell us a little bit about the office cake? I sure can. So, the office cake is basically an e-commerce cakery. Um, we specialize in cakes, and people get to order them online, and we deliver to their door. So, so cake online, like straight to my door? Straight to your door, yeah. That sounds pretty enticing to me. And you could build the cake however you want, correct? For the most part, yeah. So you have, we've basically like funneled it for guests where they can pick a cake, whether it's a dessert style cake and they want to do, or if they want to do like a picture on a cake and print it, but that these beautiful cakes that we've all grown up with in South Florida seeing, that they don't just have to be beautiful. They can be really yummy, like a dessert style. So I kind of describe it like shoving a fat lady into a girdle. And I know a little bit about that. <laughs> well, I can speak from experience that your chocolate chip is my favorite. I was just going to say that's my favorite that's one. That's Eddie's favorite, too. That's the signature office cake, right? That's one of them. No, our signature cake would ha probably be my mom, Ana Paz's uh, signature recipe, which was my great-grandmother's. So that would be our moist vanilla rum cake. And then, you know, we sort of took that and then just uh, developed it a little more so that it could have yummy fillings and stuff it with things and top it. So your mom is the Anabas. Yes. And can you tell me a little bit about the rum cake? So the rum cake is my great-grandmother's recipe. And so it's similar to a pound cake, but a little bit fluffier. It's moistened with a simple syrup, some Bacardi rum, and a secret ingredient. Mmm, que rico. <laughs> What's the secret ingredient? I can't tell you. I could tell, well, I could tell you, but then... <laughs> then she has off to kill air, it. Off air, off air. I got to <laughs> Now tell me, have you ever had the rum cake and the chocolate chip I know. Yes. together? Yeah, yeah. Is it good? It's very good. Our moist vanilla cake, you slice that in half, you fill it with uh, fudge, and then chocolate chips, and then you seal it with more fudge. And actually, that one in particular is uh, non-dairy. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. I mean, I do love the office cake, the chocolate chip one. You're, every birthday, like, that's the first thing that we think of in our family. And I think that uh, you and I became friends in this crazy food industry before the food industry. That's I, right. I think it was interesting that we both kind of delved into the food industry at the same time. Yeah, that's true. We met because of my husband, Eddie. Yeah, and yeah. we were both doing wedding yes. stuff. Wedding, lots of wedding stuff. Crazy wedding stuff. And it's then insane. It is insane, that wedding industry. Um, would you say it's as insane as the food industry, or did you find the, f the magic formula for, for work-life balance? Like, did you, because when we were in weddings, we had no weekends. No, there was, no, you had no time. And people somehow felt that they had a license to call you at any ungodly hour <laughs> to talk about <laughs> the color. <laughs> this is the truth. I mean, yeah, brides, brides are uh, definitely 
very tricky when it comes to it, it is in, in their defense you know I um I always try to play I always try to understand people you know and I did that for a very long time so I tried to understand where people were coming from and I figured well you know maybe she doesn't like her in-laws uh, maybe she's like <laughs> she's getting her master's <laughs> yeah you know maybe they're getting their master's they're they're buying a house they're planning a honeymoon they're planning this wedding she lives out of town on top of that so she got out of work at 10 o'clock at night yeah, and you, at that time and i think well, the I think culmination of a perfect a wedding, storm it's like they're launching like this event almost like when you launch a business and it's very tricky to put on that the, the amount of stress that brides typically have when they're working regular lives and when they're doing and then trying to do this like crazy beautiful social event speaks volumes as to how tricky it is you know right and they're entrusting somebody like you to put it all together for them and they don't know what they're doing so well luckily for me i worked with people like sarah like i didn't always work with a bride i worked with wedding planners right so there's a buffer yeah i had a buffer so it was a lot easier uh i mean i had budget brides that didn't give me the buffer yeah (laughs) yeah sure yeah well i had other businesses for us, yeah. it was a great segue in terms of running businesses. Yes. For you, you kind of needed a break, and that's how you got into food, no? Well, no. I gracefully survived a brain hemorrhage in 2008, so that was the catalyst that made me reflect on my life, look at it, and say the shade of pink just isn't that important. I felt that brides should just be grateful that they had a shade and that if they were going through this sacrament, they should focus on bringing two families together and the art of entertaining those people making them feel welcomed and loved, but not so much about what things looked like. Well, I understand you want to make it look nice, but the entire emphasis became about that. And I'm a person who's motivated by her emotions, and I no longer felt it, so I gracefully bowed out. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Was there a, well, was there a... I thought it was more, I, I knew that that was a little bit of it, but I thought it was more like the crazy weekends and the fact that you felt like your time was limited when it came to working in that industry that was also it you know so the perception of time it felt like a, after my brain hemorrhage felt like a faucet that was on of water and it was just flooding out and i didn't know how to stop it and then basically you know we made that's a, a lot fascinating of, analogy like i like that a lot the well yeah that you felt like all of a sudden your time you had no control but it was just kind of like leaving you so quickly right yeah. like you couldn't grasp it there was no way to control it and slow it down and so We made a lot of choices. You know, we decided to sell all four properties. We bought an RV. I started to homeschool my son. You know, um, it was just, uh, all I needed was to smoke weed. You know, basically (laughs) to become a full hippie. (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with it. Not that there's anything wrong with that. And you and your husband were in, both in the wedding industry together, right? We were, and he hated every minute of it. He really did. Why did Eddie hate it? Well, he's the man who's doing all the Yeah, well, I think... No, there was nothing. <laughs> no, I think because he actually had to, you know, be talking about things that he just... they It just didn't really matter. Like, guys are like, yeah, it's going to look nice. You know, like, it's like when you ask a man, you know, do, do you like this outfit or do you like the other like, one? You're wearing they, clothes, just get out the door. Yeah, they really don't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but being on time, that's more something that they would care about. Right. So, yeah, he just didn't identify with the entire industry. In fact, he, he really disliked it. Mm. So then what... What kind of got you to food? Well, my mom is Ana Paz, and she's um, an institution in the cake industry here in South Florida, so it's been over 30 years. She, can I say it without offending? She made my first wedding cake. Oh, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not offended. I know, no. it's just funny to say. So when we got married, I thought, I thought it would be weird <laughs> 
so I did. So you had her daughter do it instead. Yeah. Well, it's really, it's, it's cute that you mentioned that because my mom has helped women who have been married multiple times and, they, and they've come to her and said, but it wasn't the cake. It was, so. I know. So the cake had nothing to do with it. No, the so. fact that I remember, I mean, that was in 1997, and I remember... That's the how- same year J-Lo got married. Oh. For the first time. For the first time. My mom did that cake, yeah. Wow. See, something That's interesting. J-Lo she and I have something cakes. in common. <laughs> um, no, it's funny because how often can you really say that you remember vendors? Yeah. You know, uh, I've had a lot of parties, and I've had a lot of cakes. Not necessarily wedding cakes, thank God, just two of those. But um, that I remember that your mom made my cake was a huge deal for me. I mean, like, for me to, at that age, because I was 19 when I got married, to have an Anapas mm. cake was, like, a really big deal. Yeah, you know? thank you. Thank you I for gave myself that. that treat, and I was like, oh, you know, like, okay, this isn't the best circumstance to be getting married in, but I have an Anapas cake, <laughs> you know? Uh, that's really nice of you to say. My mom, you know, I think one of the best things that I ever hear is when brides come to her today and say, you made my mom's wedding cake. And so she turns 70 tomorrow. Yay, and I had put birthday. a, thank you, I put a petition out on Facebook for people to look up their old pictures and to tag my mom. Oh, Tomorrow's like awesome. as like birthday and, and greeting cards and I won't be offended legacy. if you want to put a picture of your <laughs> my first wedding cake. <laughs> well, first of all, those are printed. Those are really difficult to find. Especially oh, a in picture of a photograph is fine. Oh, you have your beautiful daughters, you know, out of, out of that. So that's great, too. Yeah. No, I mean, finding the picture is tough because but I will. But I wanted to ask you, how is it that she inspired you to get into the food industry? I mean, she is definitely a Miami institution. My mom did not inspire me to no? get into the food industry. As much as I love and adore her, she would have probably been the antithesis of that. Of getting into it? Because we did would get... Did she have work-life balance? No. None okay. whatsoever. That would be why, initially, I went in other directions, you know, after uh, college and, and high school, all of that stuff. So my mom would get calls, like we would be eating at Cheesecake Factory, for instance, for Sunday brunch, and my mom would get a call, Anna, a beeper back then. She'd call back, Anna, I forgot to order the cake. Well, that happened to you guys recently. It happens all the time. I don't understand how somebody forgets to order a wedding cake, but it happens more often. And so we would like hightail it, pay the bill, and tell the catering manager, meet us at our kitchen so that they could save that time to grab it while my mom was making the cake and then take it with them and I actually got married on a Monday on President's Day because of that because I could just see my mom at my wedding going I she have to, to go help a... <laughs> it's funny that you bring up Mondays because Mondays is a very big industry day for us you know in anybody that's a mom and pop owner anybody that knows anything about the food industry and being like a local non-franchise environment mm-hmm. our Mondays are coveted like most of the time those of us in the food industry take Mondays off true um, the which, downside to that is that then you can't visit anybody else. We can't visit our friends because no. <laughs> well, we can visit them. Just we can't frequent their establishments because when we're off, they're off. Right. But um, are you guys off any day? On Sundays. Sunday. So they're off. Saturday like afternoon. Chick Fil A yeah. also has a very coveted standpoint, and they also provide that day off, which I think is really cool because, you know, in the industry, people end up like you said. There's emergencies, so if somebody's staffed, if somebody is. Um, scheduled you end up working sometimes you have employees that are that never say no and so they end up working seven days a week right and when you have a franchise of that scale willing to take the loss because that's really what it is willing to take the loss of income Mm -hmm. by shutting down an entire day it does say that you know they put a little value on work-life balance yeah you know i don't know anything beyond that but i know that at least on sundays the sunday is coveted 
your mom doesn't take days off. No, she no. not even um her. Does she still make her cakes? appointments? Oh, completely. But her appointments are she takes appointments even on Mondays. No, she doesn't okay. take appointments Monday, but she still goes into work on Monday to get okay. everything prepped for the week and to see what's going on. So how did you take the knowledge and, you know, the experience of having a parent in the food industry and appropriate that to your life when you got into the food industry? So when we designed the office cake after having been in a heavy weekend thief industry, you know, it occurred to me that people need cakes for offices and, you know, just that there's a lot of things going on Monday through Friday that we weren't fulfilling and that everything doesn't have to be a, a wedding or a baptism or a baby shower in order to have an anapause cake. You could just want cake. Right. You know, I mean, so, I know I want cake. Yeah, so I, I just thought to myself, well, I'm sure that if there was, like, designs that you could just pick online, select, and have it delivered, and everything that a lot of people would, would really like that. I figured since it worked for edible arrangements with fruit, and that was really a, a concept that hadn't been explored when they'd come on board, that I thought, well... Everybody needs cake, and then people in Brickell and downtown, that it's uh, more cost-effective. Yeah, parties. it's more cost-effective to keep that office manager inside. Than going out than and buying going a cake out. at a bakery. Exactly. Hmm, that's fascinating. So you, you innovated the cake industry. I did, and I used to go door-to-door to all the office buildings with this really cute cart that I had dolled up almost like a little circus, you know, with a red and white striped skirt, yellow cart, and cake samples and everything since I was a wedding planner I knew how to look the part and like I belonged in these office buildings even though you weren't supposed to solicit so I went to like (laughs) my intellectual property attorney's building I'm like David I'm gonna be passing out samples in case you get a call from security I know yeah so you you pass the gatekeepers which is always I pass the gatekeepers you know but I'm giving out free cake and who's gonna say no to that well that has opened a lot of doors and that's the thing I really believe in cake I, I remember when I was in the linen industry uh, a lady by the name of Pam Laudermilk, I'll never forget, in the Naples uh, Ritz-Carlton. She wouldn't return my calls. And I'm like, this lady's going to return my calls. <laughs> because I, she, she ha- I had what I knew they needed. And then I, I went to the concierge, and I said I was there to see her. They called her up. She wasn't going to come down. And the concierge, in a very low voice, said, she has a cake. <laughs> And you're like, that's what's going to get me in the door? And that got me in the door, and that landed me the contract, yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I think... uh, I will will say that uh, from the beginning when I heard uh, Office Cake or The Office Cake, I'm big on names, so we always toy around with names when we would name things. You nailed it. The first Uh, time I read that name, I said, "This is it's exactly what it is. This is a Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. We can take care of this for you. Yes, and I have a feeling it was probably Eddie who came up with that name. But I'm willing to take credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not here, so you're gonna. I am. It's fine. He's not here. Um, I was gonna ask you what, how, how it, how in being in the office cake and fulfilling that Monday through Friday need, how is that giving you work-life balance? Because this is, I mean, I think the key thing that Ernie and I can agree on is that there's no real work-life balance when it comes to the food industry. It's very tricky. You mm-hmm. have to be able to sacrifice you know, income or say, absolutely not, I'm not opening these days, I'm, you know, to be able to achieve that. So it's interesting we find your project and your business model innovative because I think you've you've showed that it does give you that work-life balance. But can you tell us, like, how so? And if I'm right, 
Because maybe it's my perception of it, and maybe you're working more than I think you are. <laughs> Not well, <laughs> no, I mean, we're, we're able pretty much to close up by 3. Like, our last pickup is by 3 p.m., you know, and then that works because if not, the person, if they need it sooner, they can opt in for delivery, you know, but you're not by obligation having to stay till five o'clock, you know, so it's just if you set the boundaries of what you're willing to do and you've got a good product, which we do, we were rated, you know, on the top Yelp list. I in saw the that. Country. Congratulations. Thank number you. five, right? Number in the top five. five. Yeah. That is impressive. So thank you. Pro- uh, I mean, we were really, we were really, really happy. We work really hard for that. Like we care, you know, so... Anyways, yeah, I think that that's the thing. You also have to set your boundaries with your customers. This is what I'm willing to do, and you have to manage expectations as well. I think that's a, a big one. Mm-hmm. You know, we reject a lot of business. Uh, also, we'll get people who send us pictures of very complicated designs that are intricate, and I can appreciate that they have no idea just how much work it actually entails because it looks simple, right? But a Vera Wang dress is simple, and it's a fortune. <laughs> right. Well, you know, in one of our previous episodes, we talk about customer service and uh six things that people do wrong when dining out okay and it's also you know the key element in that episode was expectations and understanding that when they go to the office cake they're not going to anapas cakes correct you know you're offering something separate from what your mother is able to provide because that's her business right and so if somebody comes to you for an elaborate wedding cake you have the ability to say well this is what my mom does absolutely so go to them we won't do a wedding cake even if it's small and it's so it's it's having the ability. So somebody would have to lie to you. They have to lie to us, yes. So then because the the emotionality <laughs> that somebody comes forth for a wedding, even if it's the same eight inch cake, is very different. They want to be very hands on, mm-hmm. and rightfully so. It's it's their wedding, and then they need to go visit somebody like my mom, who's gonna sit, design, sketch, and they're gonna go through all of that. You know, they're gonna pay more money for it because they're having a designer sit with them to do that. Um, so yeah, again, that's just managing expectations and Absolutely. knowing what the, what the customer needs and knowing that you can't satiate the needs of every customer. Absolutely. Right? Building that boundary and saying like, you know, we appreciate your business, but unfortunately like we're not the company for you. No. And I think that what separates you and what, what you said is you are for the people that want an office cake and for the people that want that midweek birthday celebration. Um, even, I mean, even weekends because you've. You've made cakes for us for a birthday yeah, celebration. We do. We do do weekends, yeah. You know, uh, it's always phenomenal. I don't Thank know how you. many people ask, what cake is this? Because it's so rich, it's so decadent. You know, it doesn't feel like a box cake, which I think is a right. funny thing. Because it comes in a box, but it doesn't feel like a box yeah, cake. Yeah, that you got a cake de cajita. <laughs> yeah. So, um... Now, let me ask you this. How many... What, at what time do you guys start your work day? Like, for the, the whole work-life balance, how many right. hours are you guys putting in in a week? We're usually there... By eight, which isn't bad. By eight, okay. And then so, um, oh, on most three. days, by three. And you do not work Saturdays, or you do just... We just do, we go to dispatch the deliveries. If there's anything nearby, we usually take those, and then the other guys take the rest, and then that's it. And so then, are you are you looking at buying an oceanfront house anytime soon? No, I'm an RVer. We're full-timers. So what about that? How is it that in kind of cutting back, in terms of what you take on, you know, not being available 24 hours a day, not opening on Sundays. Right. How, you know, how do you supplement that idea into your actual life balance? What do you mean, though? From what perspective? So we found that when we took the jump from a mom and pop concept to a fuller scale restaurant, 
we compromised our life balance. Right. We were opening Monday through Friday, um, 9 to 4, 10 to 4, más o menos. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we would open for breakfast if we saw the need. And it was a work-life balance. Then when we left that concept and we got into a full-scale nighttime operation, 75 seats, you know, chef, sous chef, the whole bells and whistles, that's where it stopped being about balance at all. Like, right. that's where it became the grind. Now we were not money. together. Now I was there until one in the morning, or she was there until one in the morning, if not later. Then we started opening for breakfast and... And doing brunch on Sundays, and, like, there was not enough. Like, the, the people wanted more. Okay. Um, and so, and because our rent was high, and we could also explore right. how it is that you got away from that. Our rent was high, you know, it costs a lot of money to run a full-scale restaurant. So, obviously, you're not doing it to just have a median income. You know, you're doing it to break past that. And, you know, we'll explore that further in another episode, you know, why it is that we made that jump and why we sometimes regret making that jump. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was no work-life balance. Right. You know, uh, and it's part of the reason why we ended up leaving that yes, environment. Yes, yes, uh, um, Where you are in the yeah. office cake, you've, you've kind of figured out like a secret formula. Yeah, and, not, okay. and I'm not so, just talking about the recipe. I'm okay. talking about the work. So life I kind of see, w- yeah, where you're going with the question and stuff a little bit better now. So what some of the choices that we made in order to do that is that we're not in a retail space. We're in a warehouse, a district, you know. So that made that makes a big difference in the rent. We have to hustle more for that customers know that we're there. So then our online presence, you know, which is what Eddie constantly studies and is looking at analytics and where things are coming from. From email lists. I mean, email the power lists. of being of yeah. giving an email to a small business. Is- so he really is, the, you know, I, I get a lot of the credit, but really the, on the business side of it, it's it's all my husband because nobody would find us if it wasn't for him. So that's that's a big that's a big one, and it allows you to have hours like you know I'm there from eight to three because you're not gonna have retail people coming and you know um, trying to knock door. on a door mm-hmm. and that it's coming out locked, you know. So that I would say made a big difference. You guys are the first instance that we've experienced of a mom-and-pop shop gone e-commerce in the food industry. Right. You know, uh, mom-and-pop shops are typically related to walk-up retail locations. And, uh, you know, and then and then you have, like, Itzy, where you have, like, stay-at-home wives or, or people that are crafting from home. And you guys have kind of married those two ideas together in the e-commerce world. And I find it to be fascinating because it's giving you this opportunity to clock out at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It has. It even gave me the opportunity to homeschool my son. You know, so I talked to you a little bit about how time felt like a faucet that was Mm -hmm. on and slipping. So being able to raise my son and homeschool him, you know, for the last five years, has, uh, like, I've been able to get to know my son. And what else has it given you time for in terms of Mm -hmm. your life passions? Photography, biking, um... <laughs> well, we know each other personally. I know. I'm like, there's a big project that I know that you're, you're, uh, you know, very passionate about, and that you always share. The children. Yes. Cakes for kids. Yeah. So we do a lot. It allows us to do a lot of stuff through my cake business, and the time is the charity we work that we do to bring entire birthday parties to the parentless children. And this is Cakes for Kids? This is Cakes for Kids, Florida.org. It's cakes with a K and the number four. 
cakesforkidsflorida.org. And I'll put that link up on our social media and our website as well. And I just find it to be... But I think explain it a little more, just to well, be clear. Well, I just... The interesting part is that Sarah's able to work with them. So right. how? Yeah. In what capacity do you guys work? What is... You so know? We, we are the ones who provide the birthday cakes for the home. So the organization that provides the birthdays is Cakes for Kids Florida. That's and they do birthday parties once a month? Once a month, yes. And or then for the children living in group homes, you know, in orphanages, really. Group homes is, is putting it kindly. Mm-hmm. You know, so anyways, the, the homes are very nice, though. You know, they get home-cooked meals, all that sort of thing. But they don't have mom and dad. And so we, and they don't have a lot of things that are personalized. You know, if you ever go into one of the homes, you'll see that it's, um, toothbrushes are marked like bed one, bed two, bed three, bed four. And so this is a time where they're not a number and they get to be just someone, you know. So whether it's happy birthday, Josue. Um, and or, I know that you work with the kids individually to design their cakes so that when... We get a list from the home that the home asks that the children, yeah, what is the theme that they would like? And so that's another opportunity where the child will get an, an individual six-inch cake done in the theme that they've selected. And then the, the organization also gets them toys, the wish list of mm-hmm. the things that they would want for their birthday, and they do a lot of Target cards also. And when we go to the party, I've been to, fortunately, I've been to one party, and I love that when the celebration is going on, Every child gets their happy birthday saying to them individually, and it gets me, like, choked up yeah. every time that it happens. Um, because no matter how many times you hear happy birthday, I, I don't remember the month that we were in, but it was about 15 birthdays. Yeah, huh, we're up to close celebrated. to 30 now. Wow. And, I, you know, there's a cake for each child. You guys do a great job of having the child come up to the birthday table, and everybody surrounds them and sings them happy birthday. But at that moment, for that one song, it's about just that one kid. Yeah. And they have that beautiful cake provided by the office cake, which I know you guys take donations for as well on your website. We do. Costs, what, $10? $10. We do need to get more donations for that because as a for-profit business supplying for a non-for-profit, you know, what happens to us with that is that I'll get the list on a Thursday. And then, so instead of being able to prepare the entire week before with the edible image and collecting everything and maybe starting the cakes and putting them in the freezer and so forth, I don't get the list till a Thursday. And then I have to stop accepting the for-profit work in order to do the non-for-profit work right when the weekend is getting hot. Right. (laughs) So that's been something that has been taking a toll, and I've actually been trying to figure out ways, whether there's volunteers in the community that want to pick up the cakes and help or things like that. So we're, we're dabbling in some ideas. So this is a call to action. If anybody wants to get involved with this um, organization, which I think is phenomenal and I've experienced firsthand, Cakes for Kids, um, the first step is to go to theofficecake.com. Yes. And make a $10 donation. Do it now. And that <laughs> that already sets up Sarah. I know that there have been times where she calls out and, you know, for – for the most part, you get donations, mm-hmm. but it's always great to have that bankroll and have that already yeah. on your side. Yeah, whenever you see a post, it's because we need help. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, listen, you need to go out there and do it. Sometimes people don't make donations because they feel like it's not going to be impactful enough. This is a $10 donation that really has a huge effect on every child. Yeah, like, no, they, I mean, the, like, this the fact is that they have their do. individual cake at that one moment. Yeah, I mean, is, it, is it, it, my eyes get watery just thinking about it. Like, it's this is a big deal. So if you, you're listening, Go online, uh, officecakes.com, the officecakes.com, and make a donation, please. Thank you, thank you. What, um, I mean, I love that you've been able to figure out that formula that you're able to do what you love, you're providing a uh, service for the community in providing a high quality product, 
that's convenient because yeah. it comes to them. I mean, it, you have, like, you check all the boxes. And that you're able to do it with your husband, you know, in, embodying that work-life balance and that mom-and-pop mentality. And you've made the decisions in your personal life to scale back on things like properties. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it feels, you know what a house feels like to me? It feels like if you would put two cinder blocks on my legs. Like, your house doesn't move. Like, you can't just change, like, your, your scenario. Like, like that's how it feels. It feels For those like, of you out there that have seen me exploring the RV life idea... Sarah is the uh, inspiration behind that. Yeah, we, we chucked it all. Like, but it wasn't even like, it wasn't a heavy um, decision. It was, you know, we'd seen this family on Vimeo. Uh, their video, I think, was called Tomorrow Somewhere New. And I was able to identify with just a, a nice clean-cut family with one single child and everything, and that it wasn't, you know, a redneck or a hillbilly, you know, <laughs> doing this because there's a stigma to it, especially in South Florida, because Cubans don't camp, you know. Right. So I'm Puerto Rican, my dad is Cuban and stuff, like, and it's like, un traile. Un traile. that's the, that's <laughs> the word, and I'm like, it's camping, it's, it's a little bit different, but, you know, it was almost like the more you try to defend it and things like that, I was like, I, I get that you don't get it, it's okay, you know, and that's fine. So, like, where I live, it's really amazing, the hot air balloon dispatches from our field, and sometimes I've been there you get as to well. hear that. It is a beautiful yeah. space. And, and the parachuters, you know, from Skydive Miami, we see them uh, coming in right as right it's by the pool. Plug. It's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a free plug, but I think they're so cool. It is very cool. You know, you have mini golf on property. We do you have play mini golf, <laughs> and then we have this variety of uh, this community that even though everybody's from across the country, so we have got the Canadians and people from Pennsylvania and Michigan and Minnesota. And everything that we're all neighbors. Like, even when they leave, we're all still very connected through the social platforms. And we're up to date on everything. And they come and it's and it's family. You know, so even though it's a transient community, it's still a community. You know, it. I, I read a statistic right before we started recording from Forbes magazine that says that millennials are actually um, puts uh, 17 or almost, yeah, 17% of millennials put a lot of value on work-life balance as opposed to career progress. And mm -hmm. you and I, the three of us, um, grew up in a very career-driven society. Well, but we also came from families who left everything behind, you know, and they had to come here and rebuild. And they wanted to give us the best of everything and so forth. And so we did that. We had that, mm -hmm. and it was great. And, and then... then work-life balance. Work -life and then all of a sudden we woke up, right? Yeah. We're, we're thinking they worked all this to give us all of this, but they're working all that. Yeah, when the most valuable resource that they had to give us really is time. You know, mm -hmm. time mm -hmm. is a non-renewable resource. Once you the time invest it or waste it, it's gone. You can't get it back. You can always make money. Yeah, that's the truth. I mean, there's always money's fluid, but time, <laughs> oh, time is fluid too, but... Yeah, it's different. I had never thought of it like that. You know, uh, you said a stat. Um, so I looked up a stat that 66% of Americans do not feel they have work-life balance and wished that they were doing something else. That's funny. That they had gone in another direction. It's funny and sad. It, it is very sad. When it's I saw only that, too I late if you're dead. That is Th this true. This is true. This is true. But some people feel like they're, they're already stuck. Ah, uh, like but you can't... can't that's just it. Is that you can't be afraid for things to... To let go of things. You just can't be afraid. You can't be held hostage by the stuff. So the pain of exactly. keeping the stuff has to be, you know, it has to be greater than the fear of losing it. Yeah. You know the number one country with work-life balance? 
what? The Netherlands. They only have a four-day work week. Yeah. And I think that they smoke a lot of pot, too. Perhaps. <laughs> hey, we can wake and bake. I know. <laughs> That's a, can that be a new ad campaign for the office cake? <laughs> because, I mean, the fact that, you, you know, you and I hit it off from day one. Mm-hmm. Way back in our wedding industry days. And it's like every time you do anything new, I'm always fascinated by it. And I say new, but it's just that you kind of embrace life as it comes, you know. And you do things on your own accord. Even if it even if it meant in this last endeavor that I'm fascinated about, giving, putting all that stuff aside, you know, all the things, quote unquote. Yeah. And embracing this RV life. Um, and, and still finding a way to work for yourselves. Yeah. Providing amazing food at a convenient, in a convenient way. You know, it's like, can I be, can we be Sarah and, and Eddie? <laughs> I, I would really like to. But we need to figure out something to sell. Right. Like, mini, that... mini cakes. <laughs> no. We'll start classroom cakes. No, they do that too. The office cake also available at schools. I mean, oh my gosh. When I send an office cake to teachers, that's like, I'm number one parent. Yeah, I bet. Because <laughs> it's a break. Well, that's actually the great thing about cake is that it's such an amazing icebreaker. So I'll be like in an office building and carrying my bakery <laughs> this box. Cake, hey, yeah, and people celebrates. like strangers, strangers in the elevator. It's like do you pop the, confetti while you're the, walking? Yeah, she does. I, I do. I oh do God, pop confetti. Great. But no, I don't, but that's okay. <laughs> no, but you but, have a package with balloons. No, we like... do, with balloons and things like that. But strangers will like, you know, play with you. They'll be like, for me, how did you know it was my birthday? You know, so like it's an amazing icebreaker what that bakery box makes people feel i know you know so that's that's something cake is cake is something there's a scene Uh, did you ever see the movie uh the secret life of walter mitty no no well there's a scene in that movie where he's on this she did she just doesn't remember yes it happens (laughs) it's i'll rewatch movies and i don't reread ben stiller ben stiller Ben okay. Stiller. You loved it. it was like instantly one of your favorite movies okay. of all time, so we'll have to see it again. Right. Right you will, you will love that movie. But there's a scene scene where Ben Stiller's character has to go talk to some um, warlords or drug or drug lords in, in this area that he's at, and he comes with his mom's orange cake. Mm-hmm. And so it's like it, it's it is it's like a peace offering, you yeah. know. So cake is like this amazing icebreaker that even like warlords can be like oh, defused. Go, there's, cake. there's cake. It's like <laughs> oh, there's cake. So that scene always made me laugh. I'm like, yeah, cake. <laughs> you know, when I see you baking, and when I think of you baking in the kitchen, I always think of your amazing smile. I don't bake. You don't bake. <laughs> no, you do a little. You play in the kitchen. I play. I. It's like you get the sandwich bread. Basically, and you're ready to do the sandwich. The um, the amounts that we bake in is so large. You you need somebody with a with a little more strength than what I have in my pint size um, for that. So it's our family recipe, uh, but it's done in a, in a Hobart machine that I basically fit in. <laughs> so it's not like a cute tabletop kitchen mate kitchen. No, aid, I know. You know, so anymore. So that those are the fun ones to to bake out of. The but I love that I can definitely taste, and this is gonna sound weird. But I could taste your smile and your energy Aww. when I have your cake. You Thank know, you. That I think it's important also to note that when mom and pops are working, whether it's in cakes, whether it's in the restaurant scene, that most of us, you know, put on no matter what's going on in our in our life, in our personal lives, we put on those smiles and we put on that positive energy to make sure that people can taste our love of our food. They can. Well, they that's a reference can. from another movie. Um, the name of the of the young actress escapes me, but she was working at um, at a restaurant making noodles, 
mm-hmm. you know, and the, the restaurant owner, like, it's like, no, I don't want you working here, but she kept insisting, you know, she had her high heels on, and I forget what the tragedy was in her life that she ended up in this place, but anyways, um, one time, finally, she serves the noodles to the customer, and the customer cries, and then finally, the restaurant owner says, you finally understood how to make it, there was emotion put into, into his food, And I think that, you know, in mentioning that you can taste my smile into the cakes is that with every request that comes in, there's an intention. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a a parent, you know, one of my favorite requests was a a parent that would send her daughter a birthday cake every year from UM. And she would bake it herself usually. And now her daughter was away at college and she couldn't do that. And then I was going to be this instrument, you know, to be able to do that. And I said, would you like me to send me a picture after, you know, and I, I can't do that with every request, but... When I get to have those exchanges with people, I understand because I'm a mother and, you know, I mean, I'm, I care. So, anyways, yes, I, I get what you mean by that. <laughs> you can taste my smile. You can t- <laughs> <laughs> So that wasn't weird. And it doesn't cost extra. And it doesn't cost extra. It doesn't cost extra to care. If you guys want to see the smile, there's a cute little cartoon version of her on her logo. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so cute. Well, I keep saying that, you know, if, if a company like Disney picked up the office cake, let's say, and they started to bring the office cake into some of their parks, you know, because then you could have all these, like, images that they could do on these cakes, and then they took that character, you know, it would be great because they could do the campground Sarah, you know, with all of these adventures. <laughs> this and is then a show pitch if the, anybody from Disney is listening. Yeah, and then you've got the baking She's side. She's got the built-in so Merc. Are you going to build the cakes on the RVD? Is that what you're saying? The no, 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 no. She's saying like a cartoon character. Like Sarita has her life in the baker. There's Sarah the baker. The and, then the there's, baker and, and then there's Sarah the, like the RV homemaker. Yeah, when she comes home from work. And, and it would be a great cartoon that could teach children at a young age the work-life balance. That's true. Yeah, because you get to enjoy your life because you get to clock out at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, go home to your amazing community, you Mm -hmm. know, take in the beautiful sights of the hot air balloons and the parachuters. And, you know, I had a taste of that for a weekend while while I owned our last restaurant concept. And I remember telling Ernie... Can, could we live in an RV? <laughs> you know, we considered it. Yeah. Um, it's not for us right now, but I have definitely played with the idea on more than one occasion. <laughs> yeah, you have to be. You have to edit your life ruthlessly. They, that's that's definitely the lesson here. Yeah. So you're instead of going through your things and seeing which ones you're gonna go give away, no, you basically park it in front and see what you're gonna bring in, and then everything else can just go. Wow. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's really cool. And I think the last one was, which is something I know you can identify with, was with the fire we had in the summer. Oh, yes. We can definitely identify with some fires. Yeah. Because you you had it at the warehouse. At the warehouse. We had a fire in the warehouse, yeah. We had decided to take... We didn't have a lot of work that day, and it was finally a beautiful day. So we were going to go rent a boat in the Keys, and that's what we did. And, And I said to my husband, yeah, after we're done in the Keys, I can come do my work, and that's fine. And we'll leave it ready for the next day. And that's what I did. At the end of the night, I realized I was um, going to be short on syrup for the next day. So I put some to make before I left. And I forgot. And I, I left the stovetop on. And then that created a fire. However, I was very lucky because it's a warehouse. And we had just sealed up the one grill above the garage door. And so even though it was a big fire, it snuffed itself out. Yeah, it didn't um, branch out to anything else. It didn't, so it yeah. Just happened, like, it just took what it they contained. had inside. Yeah, it, just... it contained itself inside. 
And then the next day, you know, we walked in and it's a good thing that, you know, I've got backup through my mom. And so I switched gears, went over to Doral and did all of my Baking. orders and everything. And not one person heard the excuse we had a fire today. So my mom always instilled in me that my problems are not my customers' problems. And so you don't use it as an excuse, you know, you only say it if you really have to. Right. But you, you don't put that on, you don't put your burdens on onto your customers. Now, going from the other side, I will, you know, and I, I always try to speak what us in the restaurant industry don't always speak. Um, I do ask that people take the mom and pop mentality to heart when they go out because there are moments that are out of our control and I know that you guys are very professional about it but I you know there are times where Tia Juana didn't make the sauce because right. she lost somebody you know and then that day you go in and for some reason that's the day that somebody decides to write a Yelp review and say usually mm -hmm. I come in here and it's excellent but today it well, was the, a disappointment the real courage would be for that person to tell you that Exactly. I find, That's this where I, I find, fight all the time. Yeah, Get I, up and say something. Say something yeah. in-house. You know, don't take it online because it's it's detrimental to us. Right. It's 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 ugly. You know, if you have something unpleasant to say, you, you call them up, you let them know and give them an opportunity to react and to respond. You know, now if you have that there's like bad faith put into it, you know, then maybe you would want to say something because they're going to continue to do something in bad faith. But if people have good faith putting forward a business, then... Yeah, that's, it's not a nice thing to do. I, I love that you're so open with your life and with your stories uh, on social media, you know, about your RV experience, about your photography, about your philanthropy as well with Cakes for Kids. And so I invite anybody out there listening to go to Sarah's The Office Cake Instagram, where she does offer some recipe lessons and tutorials. You guys also have a YouTube, am I correct? No. You have, it's, where do other... you put the videos? I usually just on, on, on Instagram or on, on Facebook. So she shares her actual cake process. And, um, and I find it to be fascinating because not a lot of bakers really show the process of what it is to put a cake together. So I invite you guys to check out The Office Cake on Instagram and also theofficecake.com. And The Office Cake is kind enough to offer our listeners today 10% off on any cake order placed on theofficecake.com using the promo code TTP. And it's not because it's Trailer Park. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's Table Turn Podcast. <laughs> so it's TTP, not... What's the Trailer Park track? It's TPT. TPT is Trailer Park track. <laughs> we'll, put, we'll put both in there in case you get confused. Uh, I gotta edit Because <laughs> we're going against that stigma. That's we're... right. <laughs> it's a campground. It's a campground. Damn it. <laughs> It just yeah. occurred to me when I saw the thing. Well, do you have anything else to say, Mr. Silent? Uh, well, you were saying so many interesting things I kept, you know, so. <laughs> no, but uh, if anybody has, uh, I always forget my pitch here. What is it? Um, uh, go to us at Table Turn Podcast. At Table Turn Podcast on Instagram, tableturnpodcast.com. And we want to thank Sarah Glado today from The Office Cake for being so generous with her time and her story. Thank you. And for inspiring us, really, when it comes to work-life balance. I mean, I, I, I kid when I say that we want to be like you, but you guys truly are an inspiration, especially that you've innovated the food industry and still managed to do all things, you know, a quality product within reasonable time and, and really also a nod to our culture because you have that 
beautiful rum cake recipe that you guys share with us through the office cake as well as your mom, Anna Box. So, thank you. Thank you, guys. Do you want to take this home, honey? Use that voice of yours that everybody loves to hear. <laughs> oh, well. Um, this is... This was... <laughs> this has been Table Turn Podcast. I'm sorry. I need coffee. I should have had cake. Um, have a good day, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.